Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the It Is What It Is podcast powered by the Riot Report. My name is Josh Klein. I am managing editor of said Riot Report, and uh, I welcome you to the podcast. Before we get into uh, who we're talking to today, we've got Curtis Samuel and Tahir Whitehead, but um, I wanted to remind you because I assume everybody starts hitting those 15-second forward buttons as soon as they hear my voice until we get to some players. Uh, Check out some of the other podcasts that are on the Riot Network. One Day Contract uh, just had a great episode. I am biased because I was in it, but a great episode with the Ringers' Brian Curtis. Uh, Quick Blitz is a brand-new podcast with Sheena Quick and Vashti Hurt. And Not What You Think all had brand-new episodes. And then the Roaring Riot podcast is doing a little bit of rebranding and repositioning. So I encourage you to listen to that one. It's only about 20 minutes long. You can see what's going on with them and, and how they're making their change. And uh, just a lot of things are happening on the Riot Network. Today is uh, Thursday, but we are going to be at practice on Sunday uh, watching training camp. So things are really happening. Uh, The NFL seems like it's coming back. And uh, if you're excited about the NFL, you're probably excited about the Panthers. And if you're excited about the Panthers, you're probably excited about Curtis Samuel. Um, If there is anybody that seems like they can excel in the Joe Brady offense – it is Curtis Samuel uh, has been one of those guys that feels like he's always on the verge of breaking out. And uh, he talked a little bit. He was pretty cagey about his role in this offense, which it, to me should make you more excited uh, because if he doesn't want to reveal it, that means there are some things happening. If he was like, yeah, I'm lining up a lot in the slot, then he's lining up a lot in the slot. But the fact that he's like, no, I don't want to spoil it. I'm not going to tell you what I'm doing. That means I think he's lining up a running back. I think he's lining up a wide receiver. I think they're moving him around a lot in order to get the best matchup. So I'm really excited for what uh, Curtis Samuel can do. And then Tahir Whitehead uh, is the guy that has to, has the unenviable task of taking over for Luke Keekley. And uh, he is uh, incredibly smart guy. And I thought he had some really interesting things to say about what it's like to be a veteran leader on this team uh, and how to kind of help guide the young uh, defense and just the young Panthers. Tahir Whitehead is one of only two guys on defense that's over 30 or 30 or over. Tahir is 30 himself. And uh, so there are not a lot of older veterans on this team, and he knows that. And so he's ready to help lead this team and, and teach them what it's like to be an NFL football player. So interesting to talk to both Curtis Samuel and Tahir Whitehead. Go check out all those podcasts on the Riot Network, the Roaring Riot Podcast, Not What You Think, One Day Contract, but here it is what it is with Curtis Samuel. Uh, hey, Matt, we was talking about position flexibility and even talking about having to borrow some techniques from high school as well as far as having guys play offense and defense. Robbie Anderson talked about how this offense give everybody a chance to, to shine. Can you share with us what your experience has been like as far as how you're going to fit into this offense with the new coaching staff? Are you going to be running uh, the know, ball? What all might you be doing? Uh, I'm not going to really get into the details and, you know, spoil it and give, you know, people hints of what's to come. But, you know, uh, with my skill set, not to talk too much about myself, but with my skill set, the ability – to do so much, you know, outside, inside, and, you know, play running back. A lot of experiences playing different places, you know, in my career, you know, that definitely gives me the flexibility to do more, you know. So, um, you know, we practicing hard and we just looking forward to what's to come. 
Curtis Ashley Mahoney with the Charlotte Post. I believe belated birthday wishes are definitely appropriate for you. I hope it was a good one despite the pandemic. And something that Tahir White had said just now is that the receiving core with this particular group, they are the, the thing of nightmares, which is ideal for you guys. And of course, not so much for opposing defenses. How do you feel about this year's receiving core? Uh, it's it's, it's going to be a great year. It's so much speed in our room, so much speed. You know, you got guys that can just blaze by you. You know, that that's a threat, and, you know, that's something that we have to our advantage. You know, a lot when we line up against other teams, against defenses, you know, they know they got to get running, you know. So we could do so many things with so many guys in our room, and, uh, you know, I'm happy to be where I'm at. Hey, can Curtis, David, Newton, uh, my nice dancing on your uh, birthday video there. That was cool. Uh, following up on that, um, give me some examples of where the speed, not just of you, but the speed of, of having multiple guys like you as fast as you are, uh, examples of how that has helped you on offense or will help this offense. Uh, it's just, you know, probably some teams you probably can pinpoint where the deep ball is coming from. You know, just because based off of if they got big guys, you know, a small guy over here, a big guy over here, a little guy over here, you know. So having three guys out on the field, four, however many, you know, however we do on the field, you know, you can't determine where the deep ball is coming from because we got so many guys that can just run right by you that it keeps the defense, you know, guessing uh, who's running deep, who's not running deep. And, you know, them knowing that whoever they, whoever they match up on, that they got to get running. Follow up on that. Is Teddy uh, one of his, I guess, one of the negatives people says he can't throw a deep ball well? What have you seen from him on that? Um, you know, people people going to talk. You know, um, all we're going to do is focus and um, keep going out there each and every day. You know, keep working on what we got to work on. Um, and we're going to do great. Hey, Curtis. Josh Graham, the Sports Hub Oh, you go right ahead. Thanks, man. Uh, this is Bob Simmons from uh, Panthers.com. Uh, curious about a couple things about Teddy Bridgewater. Just generally, what have been your impressions of him? And what does it mean, what does it meant, I guess, to have a quarterback who already knew the system um, from Joe Brady coming into the season? Um, you know, Joe, uh, uh, Teddy, he's a great leader, you know, fun guy, great guy to be around. You know, but um, the thing about not having OTAs, we just want to be around each other. You know, we enjoy each other. You know what I'm saying? Each and every day we go out there for practice. We want to give it a, uh, our all out there on the field and, you know, compete. Curtis, Elena Getson, Bruce Charlotte Observer, good to see you. Um, I was wondering for you, I know you don't want to get into too many details on what your role looks like in this offense, but what are your goals for this season? Like, what are, what are you kind of setting up for yourself to accomplish this year? Uh, it's just to get better, you know. Um, Make make more big plays for my team, and you know, whenever I got the ball in my hands, be dynamic. Uh, you know, that's why I'm here, and you know, that's what the coaches expect from me. That's what I expect of myself. Um, just to go out there and be a dynamic player. You know, do what I've been doing my whole life, and um, make things happen. When Joe Brady, Josh Grand Sports Up Triumph. When when Joe Brady describes your Ohio State days, he he speaks from experience because it was at Penn State when you guys faced in 2016 as an assistant. I'm just curious, when you guys are talking about what your role's going to be, how does he describe it to you? Um, like I said, I'm, I'm not going to really go into the details, but I mean, you know, I, I sort of had a, an idea of 
you know, what my role was going to be coming into the season and, you know, different things that I can do. Um, but, you know, each and every day when we got down at practice field, I'm excited because I know it's something special. I, I, I know we're going to have a good time, you know, learning the system, uh, going out there, running the plays, actually everybody being together, you know, just back to playing football. So I'm excited to be around the coaches, be around Joe. Uh, you know, it's going to be great. Curtis, Curtis, hope you're doing well. Uh, wondered if uh, there were reports in the offseason that teams were calling the Panthers to see if you might be available via trade. What did uh, that say to you and just in terms of other teams' interests? And then did you kind of call Marty or have your agent call Marty and kind of see where things stood? Uh, I wasn't. I'm not really worried about that. You know, we passed that point. No, I'm a Carolina Panther, you know, right now. So, you know, my focus and my, my goals is, you know, just to get better each and every day. Like Coach Rue say, get 1% better. So, you know, I can't be worried about the past or whatever happens. I just got to be focused on now and getting better and helping this team out. Curtis, hey, uh, Josh from the Riot Report. I know you don't want to focus on the past, but there, there's been a lot made of how open you were last year and maybe the ball didn't get into your hands as it should have. Were there times last season when you were frustrated? Um, obviously, you know, frustrating season all around, but you personally, were you – was that frustration ever uh, – ever did it ever happen last year? Uh, no, not at all. Uh, well, once again, last year is last year. You know, my job uh, – my job is to, you know, just try to get open and, you know, uh, give the quarterback a read to somewhere to throw the ball. You know, sometimes I may run the bad route. Sometimes quarterback may throw a bad ball, but – it is what it is. I can't get frustrated about it. It's about going on to the next play, keep executing at the highest level that I possibly can, and, you know, um, and the ball to find me. Curtis, one thing hey, the media were missing is being able to be around you guys and see who's coming early, who's staying late, what the vibe is like. In your own words, can you share a little bit on your, your thoughts on, on the process? Uh, you know, it's a great process. I mean, you were back, you, we, we back in football camp. You know, it's time to go. It's, it's ready to roll. You know, you got – got a game in a couple of weeks you know so it's time to to um to up to up things up a little bit you know you want to get in get uh, get your work done you want to be where your feet is you know you just want to pay attention uh pay attention to all the details and each and everything get the job done in the weight room take care of your body you know it's a non-stop process and um you know we just want to um make sure that we're right for when the season starts and what's the vibe like though uh, you know, it's a fun group. I mean, you better, y'all been in the locker room. Ain't nothing changed. <laughs> you know, ain't nothing changed. You know, we excited to be out there. And, you know, when we got our time, we enjoy each other. Curtis, uh, Jonathan Alexander with the Charlotte Observer. Hope you're doing well. Um, I'm wondering, how have you grown um, from last season? And, and what were the things that you really focused on this past offseason? Uh, just really, um, just not focusing on what happened last play. You know, just moving on just moving on and just retraining my brain to, you know, all right, whatever. Whatever happened last play, just move on from that and just keep getting better, keep getting better, keep getting better, keep getting better, and just stay focused throughout the whole game. You know, no matter what the – whatever happens, you know, what's going on, just stay focused. Um, working on more speed, trying to get faster. Um, there's no such thing as too much speed. So, you know, working on that footwork, you know, um, just everything, you know, trying to become a better receiver, you know, a better player with the ball in my hands, just working on different things. Has it sunk in yet, Curtis, that there's not going to be Ohio State football this fall? Uh, no, not really. I haven't really uh, been paying too much about it. Um, uh, 
I just know from my experience, I had a great time playing football at The Ohio State University. You know, I had a great, amazing three-year career there. And, you know, um, hopefully they'll figure out something. Hey, Vincent, like Vincent, Vincent, let's go, real quick, let's go Vincent, then we'll, get, then we'll go to Mike. Hey, Curtis, uh, Vincent Richardson from The Right Report. Um, you mentioned the value of having a speedy duel on offense in terms of forcing defenses to respect that deep ball all the time. Could you talk a little bit about maybe how it benefits the guys working underneath and the, create, the, the space it creates underneath because of that vertical threat all the time? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, when you have speed at receiver, a lot of, uh, a lot of cornerbacks, or whatever the system they're playing in, they tend to, you know, they're probably not going to press you. So that opens up the quick passes underneath. Um, or whether you got a guy that's pressing, you could go deep. You know, it opens up a lot of things because a lot of defenses and a lot of safeties, they want to back up. You know, they, they, tend, they tend to want to play back because they know the speed that they have, which allows tight ends or other receivers doing underneath routes or even uh, tailbacks. You know, it opens up so much more when you got speed because a lot of guys start to back up and they create that, that cushion and that space uh, underneath. Curtis Mike Salarte, Spectrum News 1. Good to see you again. Protocols aside and the distancing aside, you guys usually, in every Panther team I've ever covered, have always talked about how close-knit everybody is, how tight of a unit you guys are, how much of a family you are, and you've even kind of addressed how happy you are to be around the guys. But because of the distancing, is it is it tougher to build that bond with your teammates because you're not with each other the way you normally would be with each other in meetings and that sort of thing? The only time you guys are close is on the field. Right. Uh, I mean, it's just really just keeping that six-feet distance, you know, um, maximizing our time on the field, not paying, not, not worry about too many distractions. When we on the field, we got to worry about work, you know, just because of everything going on, the pandemic and everything is about maximizing our time that coach will give us on the practice field. And that's going to help us become a better team. You know, everybody wants that time off the field, but you know, we got to deal with whatever situation we're given and we're not going to let this stop or hinder us from doing anything. You know, we just going to take advantage of everything, every opportunity that we get out there on the field. But is it is it tougher to build that bond with your teammates when the only time you really spend is on the field? Uh, no, not really, because we got a lot of guys in the locker room with similar uh, similar characters. So a lot of people is just alike, so it's 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 pretty easy to um to, you know bond with somebody when you can kind of see that they're just like you. Thanks. A couple more guys. Curtis, we asked uh, we asked Eli Apple this same question, but what does a twenty four year old birthday party look like in the midst of a pandemic? Um, what would you do on your birthday? How, how did it go? See, for me, I've been in football camp mostly my whole life. So put the pandemic aside. I can't do anything anyways. You know, my whole life I've been in football camp, you know, sleeping wherever I'm at, hotel, uh, college campus, you know, but it's exciting for me to, to know that I'm in camp and everything and I'm getting all the love from my family, my teammates, you know, a bunch of people texting me, calling me, you know, that's all I ask for. You know, I don't, want a big birthday. I don't really care too much about it. But the love and the respect that I get from my peers and, you know, family and everybody, that's all I really care about. Curtis, we talked Real quick, let's go, Joe, and then, David, I heard you, and we'll end right there. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, yeah, to hear just a minute ago, Curtis talked about how he's staying in the hotel just to kind of be extra safe with his family and his kids. I wonder if you're taking advantage of that and any thoughts on these teams that 
sanitary bubbles uh, during camp and or the season? Um, no, I, my thing is, you know, you want to respect other, pe other, other, other people's space. You know, some people got to go home to a family. Some people got to go home to their, you know, their mom or dad, whoever the case may be. So, you know, just stay to yourself. Stay six feet from the next person. You know, um, me personally, I stay, you know, at my apartment by myself. So, you know, I respect other people's, you know, situation, whether they're with their family and everything. So I just make sure I stay safe and keep my mask on and stay protected. Chris, I got to ask you, they ask you this every year, who's the fastest player on the team? So uh, if you guys lined up all the receivers, uh, who would social distance himself from the other? <laughs> That's a funny way to put it. Um, I'm going to always say I'm a competitor. I'm never going to say I'm not the fastest, you know, but who knows? <laughs> to follow up on that, though, do you, do you know of another group in the receivers in the NFL that might be faster? I ain't worried about everybody else. You know, I'm worried about the, 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 group, the group of guys that we got in our room and how fast we are. You know, we worry about ourselves. ESPN.com. Um, you mentioned back, I guess, during the offseason that uh, Matt Rule came out with a helmet and pads when you were at Temple. Um, has he done anything crazy here, and has his coaching style changed from college to NFL? Uh, no, nah, man. He, uh, same guy, you know, same energy, same as I've always, you know, known him and, you know, just keeping in touch with him over the years. You know, he's the same guy. But, you know, he's a high-energy guy. He gets out there, you know, he encourages all of the coaches. You know, we're doing the players doing conditioning. It's like, look, if you're willing, you're able, you know, the coaches should go out there, join in, and, you know, get that conditioning in with the fellas. At the end of the day, we all need to be active. So he encourages that player-coach relationship, that competitive nature from top to bottom. Tahir, Josh Graham, Sports on Triad. What can you tell me, dating back to your days in New Jersey, your first impression of Temple coach Matt Rule recruiting you? Um... <laughs> You know, uh, you know, he was the offensive coordinator when I was going to Temple. So, um, you know, initially it was like a Mark D'Onofrio where, you know, he's just high. Like, you know, you see, you think Matt's over the top, high energy, just go, go, go. I think that, you know, they just always fed off each other. D'Onofrio, he was the defensive coordinator. Matt was the offensive coordinator. And, you know, he was just – it was you look forward to it every day. You knew he was going to give you all type of exotic looks, all type of stuff that was going to make you think and just keep you on edge. And it was going to be competitive. He was going to make sure he was going to get out there and have to go. If he had to run a route against a defensive player, he was going to try to route him up and try to make him look mad. So that's always been the type of guy he is, and that's why I've always respected him. You know, exactly what he asks, you know, and requests from you is, you know, all you can get, all your energy and everything and go 100 miles per hour when you're on the field. And he does the exact same thing. You know, he loves the game. Tyra, this is Miles Simmons from Panthers.com. Just wondering, uh, what do you feel like uh, this uh, longer ramp up can do for you guys in terms of building your communication? And is it a positive? And also, do you feel like uh, tackling could be a problem. It could come week one, and how do you prevent that from happening? Uh, I think the uh, the way things are being ramped up and how we're unpacking and unrolling things um, is definitely beneficial. You know, it's uh, beneficial to the older guys. You know, the rookies. It's beneficial to coaches. It's beneficial to everyone in the organization for the simple fact that we've been away from the game for 
you know, for months, you know, since the end of the season, regular season, postseason, whatever you have it. And, you know, you need to get your football legs back under you. And although, yeah, you've been training, you've been working with your personal training, doing whatever you, you know, been doing to try to get ready for this, there, you, you can't get ready for football without playing football. You know, there's no way around it. That's the only way you can get in in football shape is by actually going out there playing football. So the way, you know, we're kind of, you know, easing into it, you know, especially not having preseason games and all of that stuff, you know, it's a lot of one-on-one. It's a lot of individual. It's a lot of coaching. And it's giving the coaches to really detail everything. And, you know, it's been beneficial for everyone. And uh, from the tackling standpoint, I'll just say, you know, it really goes back to your technique. You know, for most guys, guys have been playing since they were, you know, seven years old. In my case, I've been playing since I was nine. You know, you're talking about 21 years of football now up to this point. You know, shit, I would say I got my Ph.D. in the, in the sport, you know. Um, but, you know, it, the game is the game. You know, if you have the body mechanics and everything down packed, you practice your technique, you make sure you come to balance, your feet aren't crossed over all over the place, and, you know, your eyes are where they need to be, I think you'll make golf well. Um, hey, Elena Gatzenberg with the Charlotte Observer. Um, I was wondering for you, I know you have younger children. What kind of went into your decision to play and, you know, as your family in Charlotte, what's the past few months been like for you? Uh, for me, you know, we've been, you know, pretty much doing exactly what everyone else has been doing over the past few months, quarantining and, you know, keeping that social distance, just being smart about everything, especially with me having a newborn, you know, he's four months now. Uh, I've had to, you know, alter my training and everything and be extremely cautious when in and out of the home, you know, as far as taking the cloths, the clothes in, putting directly in the washer, you know, keeping my hands clean and everything like that. But as far as, you know, what, go, what went into me actually playing is, you know, I, lo- I love the game. And it's, at the end of the day, you know, I wanted to play. And as long as I felt safe and comfortable with the, the guidelines and how everything was going to be set up within the facility, you know, that was going to ultimately, you know, determine whether or not I was going to either opt out or or not. And when I stepped in the, you know, the Bank of America, the day of the physicals, the way they had everything set up, you know, all of the locker space and everything around the facility, you know, the suites and everything the guys have to be able to do the virtual meetings and everything. I felt comfortable with that to where it's the only time we have to really be around each other was practice and, you know, now that was that I felt good about going coming back and playing the season and on top of that, you know, just wearing the shield so the face mask around and I think at this point, you know, not really just insert myself back into the house, you know. So I stay at the hotel to continuously, you know, protect my family. It's hard, you know, because you know, I have four boys and they, you know, they face light up and they look forward to me being in the house all day, every day. But, you know, I, at the end of the day I gotta do what's best for them in the sense of keeping them safe. Hey, you've um, touched on the, the best way to adapt to this level is obviously, you know, the more reps you can get, the better. For guys who are rookies and this is their first experience of the NFL, how are you helping them along in their development at this level? Uh, for me, it's just um, just taking the time to go over a few things after practice, you know, not rushing off the practice field, understanding that, you know, we have to make up for lost time at this point. Um, you know, they're, they're just coming in like a deer in the headlights, you know, eyes wide open, not knowing exactly what's going on. But, you know, I take it, you know, I take it serious and, you know, being a veteran, being a leader, um, 
to, you know, kind of put their mind at ease and get them to understand, look, this is not your first year playing football. Yes, this is your first year in the league, but this isn't your first year playing football. So go back to your training. You know, all of the stuff that you've learned over the years since you've been playing football, that's what you, you know, rely on. You know, just go put your mind at ease. Make sure that you put your eyes where they need to be, you know, focus in on the technique, the details, and just listen to the coaching. You know, and then just making sure that we're pushing each other. If I see something that's not quite right, you know, I chime in. Hey, look, you might want to, you know, tweak this a little bit or do this differently. And on top of that, I'm open-minded enough to, you know, take, you know, pointers from them. You know, I'm always eager to, you know, learn from others. So I'll ask them questions. Hey, what you thought about that rep? You know, just to kind of open, like, make them feel comfortable to, you know, speak on certain things and not just kind of, let guys make mistakes or see something wrong and just be like, oh, okay, well, I think that's the way that's supposed to happen. No, you know, ask me questions. I leave the floor open for, I don't care, this is year nine or a rookie. Uh, let me see, one of my old head uh, coaches, uh, Jim Caldwell, used to say, a good idea holds no rank. You know, so at the end of the day, don't get caught up in, okay, if you're a 10-year vet or if you're a rookie coming in. Everybody got something to say. Everyone has, you know, uh, good thoughts and you just you got to, feed off each other. Hey, Tahir. Uh, Jonathan Alexander with Shot Observer. I hope you're doing well, man. You know, you, you spoke about doing, staying in. Doing well, boss. Appreciate good, it. Good, good, yeah. You spoke about staying in the hotel and to make sure your, your family was safe. When you when you decided on whether you were playing this season, what were the most important things that you needed to know, um, you know, before playing and, 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 and then making sure your, your family was safe? At the end of the day, uh, one of the most important things was how they were going to, you know, monitor and track everyone's, you know, uh, you know, distance, you know, how close are you, you know, being, uh, when you're in the building, uh, making sure that, you know, when guys like, what are you going to, not even more so when you're in the building, when you're in the building, okay, it's easy. Everyone has eyes on each other. Okay, wait, wait, you're too close. So, oh, you know, put your mask on. Uh, you know, that's, that's the easy part. But how things were going to go when you're away from the building. And it's more so, I think it, it really goes back to policing each other, making sure, reminding each other, hey, man, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we all want to keep each other safe and, you know, just constantly reminding each other to be respectful of others, you know, be respectful of others' families. Even if you don't have any children, you know, you might have a elderly, you know, older, you know, mother, elder, you know, grandmother, grandfather, someone that might have some type of pre-existing health issues where you don't want to take that stuff back home. So, you know, we, we we remind each other to come in the building with that in mind. Don't go out there, put yourself at risk, and then oh, knowing you do, you're doing that and living that way, bring that back into the locker room without, you know, saying anything or doing anything, to, you know, staying home to protect yourself and others. So for me, it was just when I came in and I realized, okay, and we don't necessarily have to be all up on each other like, you know, the days of old where, you know, you're right there, probably six, forget six feet, six inches from, you know, the next person. And when I came in and realized, okay, everyone, you know, pretty much have your own setup. You can be in your own world if you want to, except on the practice field when everyone's running around and, you know, getting after it. But for me, it was just, uh, you know, my mom was put at ease when I saw everything was set up. But at the end of the day, you know, you still can't really, you know, be sure, you know, what guys are doing away from the facility. So you can just, you know, hope and pray that, you know, they're being uh, respectful.
Hey, Tahir, this is Joe Person with The uh, Athletic here in Charlotte. I appreciate you doing this. And just to follow up that thought, have you guys had any discussions about a voluntary bubble like we've seen with the Saints and now the Buccaneers are talking about it and also Dallas where, you know, maybe all are already kind of doing that with the hotel, but what are your thoughts on a uh, voluntary bubble either during camp or the season or both? I don't know. You know, at this point, you know, we're not going about things in that manner. And I think the, the way things are rolling, you know, it's been working out. Um, and you know, I don't see any reason to change it. Um, you know, and that's just really my take on that one. So here, hey, uh, it's Josh Klein from the Riot Report. Um, obviously, being a, uh, being a professional football player is one of the most pressure-filled jobs there is. Do you feel additional pressure being the first linebacker to kind of step in as the Mike linebacker after Luke Keekley retired? No, uh, not necessarily. I wouldn't say pressure. You know, it's just, you know, at the end of the day, I'm always, you know, I'm hypercritical of myself. I would say, I always say, say I'm my biggest critic. So I'm always looking to ways to improve my game and go out there and, you know, just make sure I can do any and everything to help my team. Um, that's how I always approach the game. And that's how I always approach the game. Um, so, I, with that being said, I still take advantage of the fact that Luke is in the building. You know, I'm not prideful in any way, shape, or form, egotistical and like, oh, you know, I, I, I'm not going to talk to him, you know, just because, you know, he was here and everyone loved Luke. No, I, I love the way Luke played, you know, like respect and more power to him because of the fact that he played the game at a high level for a long time. You know, we came in in the same year. And I've always admired the way he played the game from afar, the big plays, the energy he played with. So for me, you know, it's a blessing for, you know, to even still be able to pick his brain, you know. And he's, he's a great dude. You know, he's open and always willing to sit down, break down film. You know, when he's out on the field, you know, I'll, I'll ask him what he thought about certain things or, you know, what is he looking at when he's dissecting runs or passes. And, you know, I'd be a fool not to take advantage of the fact that he's still around. We have time for following two, up. We have two. Hold on a second, guys. We got time for two questions. Uh, Tahir's got a tight time with us, so we'll go Josh Graham and then finish with David. Tahir, I just wanted to follow up on that because Jeremy's mentioned yesterday he's used Luke as a resource, and the film study with Luke—it's become almost a thing of legend. How would you describe those film sessions, breaking down film with Luke? Now we, you know, we're just moving forward. It's more so, you know. Uh, once we get an opportunity to do so right now, is being as though we're still fresh in the building, still dissecting the system, you know, digesting everything and making sure that we understand what our role is and what's being requested of us first. And then, you know, just kind of picking his brain here and there. So, you know, I try not to, you know, take up too much of his time because at the end of the day, he still has a job, you know, to commit to and make sure that he's, you know, being mindful of, uh, you know, all of the things in, within his um within his realm and then you know still you know taking the, the coaching and everything from Phil Snow and Mike Zarago you know and now Oakland where you know they're kind of teaching us the scheme and the system and everything but uh, you know it's just small talk right now and as far as seeing the level of a back seeing the formation and everything like that and the telltale signs of uh, what plays you're going to get really so no serious uh, film sessions just yet. All right last one to David. Here, to here, uh, last, last, one, last one to David thank you. Tahir, what does the speed of your wide receivers uh, with Samuel and DJ and Robbie do to a defense 
it stresses them out. It, it, it keeps them up at night. That's that's exactly what the hell it does. You know, them guys are, you know, blazing fast. You know, you go out there and, you know, we're looking like, golly, you know, we got to go up against it, you know, against that. We, we have to, you know, match up with that and everything. And it's a great challenge for us to have, you know, good receivers like that with that type of growth, you know, speed and practice. Because therefore, once you get into the season, once we get rolling, you've seen it already. You know, I don't think there's, you know, any other guy, too many other guys that have that type of speed, you know, and uh, finesse and hands. So um, their talent is definitely, you know, it can keep you up. It'll keep you on your toes. It makes you, it makes you think. You know, you're not going to, you're definitely not going to take it lightly. Great. Tyre, thank you very much. Uh, appreciate I appreciate it. it. Uh, uh, thanks, everybody. Thanks, thanks Tyre. Yeah. I'm going to put you guys in the Stay room. safe. Make sure y'all keep y'all mask on. <laughs>